For sin that made my Savior bleed, I hang my head in shame. Yet for the cleansing that I need, that precious blood I claim. The stripes by which my Savior bled bring healing this I know. The blood that stained his garments red washed mine as white as snow. Washed mine as white as snow. The harvest of the sin I'd sown, he reaped at Calvary. Then sowed a field of his own and gave it all to me. The stripes by which my Savior bled bring healing this I know. The blood that stained his garments red washed mine as white as snow. Washed mine as white as snow. The sun could sooner cease to shine, keep to itself its rays. Then can this thankful heart of mine from bursting forth in praise? The strife by which my Savior bled bring healing this If you would, John chapter 3, John chapter 3, and um, I'm going to read this passage, and um, Brother Roger, you guys, uh, as soon as I get done, with, uh, I'll read the passage of prayer, and if we can have that little video uh, ready for them. John chapter 3, if you'd go to that, I meant to look up in our, in our there are pew Bibles in, in, the, in the pews, if you want to use one of those Bibles, you don't have one, I meant to look up the page number, but I did not, I apologize. Um, but if you can look at John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a, art a teacher come from God. I want you to, to just recognize that. He, they believed him to be a teacher come, come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. 
That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, thou hearest it, the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knoweth not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and received not, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, ye believe not. How shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And this is very important. As Moses lifted up in the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Such a familiar verse and famous verse and so import, uh, such an important verse. Verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but, but the, that the world through him might be saved. Father, I pray that you believe, that, that this, this morning that we would believe. Lord, I pray this morning that you would guide my mind and clear my mind, and God, just to help me to have clarity in my tongue as I speak, that, Lord, that I would speak the truth and it would be understandable and it would be helpful. So, Spirit of God, I yield myself today. I need your presence. I need your guidance. I need your power. Father, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I ask you to just to loose the Spirit of God in, in this room that he would move through this room and he'd work in here and that it would begin in me. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would bind Satan from this place and turn back the evil and that you would guard us and protect us and, Lord, that you'd use this message this morning, the truth. Please, I yield myself to thee in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we've, uh, uh, well, we're going to have the video now. Let's go ahead and show that right now for you.
Then you start to choose this choice. Oh, maybe we'll just walk in there. Maybe we'll just walk in there. And then, look, all of us, all of us are supposed to be preparing us for this moment, for that empty tomb we just couldn't see. Couldn't see what? Can anybody say amen? amen? Amen. Wanted to show that <clears throat> video, and I'll, I'll mention it toward the end of the message, but you know, we've been talking about the commands of Christ. But as we look at these commands and we enter into Resurrection Sunday, we need to ask this question. And here's the question I want to try to somewhat in a very incomplete way to answer today, why did God come to earth in the form of a man? Why did he come? You know, the next command that if we went in our order this, this morning, the next command that we were going to study and to look at and to teach and preach about is to love our enemies. You know, there's no... There's no greater command that if it would be fulfilled in our world, it would change our world. If we would just love our enemies. It would change the life of every Christian in this room if we would truly love our enemies. That's what he said. He said, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. You know what he's saying? He's in control of everything. For if you love them which love you, this is so, inc so incredible. For if you love them and love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans, the lost people, don't they do the same thing? You know, yeah, everybody loves somebody that loves them, but God says you're supposed to love those that hate you. 
You do not truly love your enemies regardless of your words, no matter what we say, if we do not and will not pray for them. That's why God made it so crucial in here that we're to pray for them. And we don't really love them if we won't pray for them. It's virtually impossible to have an enemy except that you believe that they, you, you, you have an enemy because you believe they've hurt you, they've offended you, they've wronged you in some way. And so it, it's one of the hardest things for a prideful man to do is to love their enemy. Now this one command, though, would change your life more than any other command, I believe, as far as day-by-day peace. It really would. It'd bring peace in our heart. The more we can turn loose and just love them and pray for them, it really would. It would change our day-to-day life. It'd let us sleep at night. We wouldn't, we wouldn't wake up weary and angry. Now, today, this is such a wonderful command, a life-changing command, uh, one we see in the life of, of Jesus Christ, and he's our greatest example of loving his enemies. But on resurrection morning, uh, there's a continual question that is keep coming up to my mind. Why did Jesus come to the earth? Now, one of the reasons was to teach us to love our enemies, the commands of Christ. He, one of that, that was one of the reasons, but I want us just to take a look. There are multiple reasons given for, the, for God sending his son, for Jesus coming. And, and, and I want you to understand as we go through these, every one of these is a viable and important reason Jesus came. Now, I'm not going to say this is all inclusive, and I'm going to go through it very quickly because it's not the... Well, it's not the crux of the message, but number one, Jesus came to confirm the promises made by God. You know, that, that through the Old Testament, that they, they prophesied, and the prophets came, and they told of the... Isaiah spoke of the Lamb, which would be slain. Romans 15, 8 says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, Watch this, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. He came to confirm those promises. He said, we made the, God made those promises to you. Jesus said, I came to make sure you know they're true. They're real. Number two, Jesus came to fulfill the law. We've been studying that in the book of Romans. Romans 5, 17, think, think not that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. He came to fulfill the law. And we've been learning about that in the, in the commands of Christ. Fulfilled doesn't mean he didn't come to end them. He came to fulfill them to the very end. Jesus uh, came to glorify the Father. This is very important. John chapter 12, verse 27 says, Now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Listen to this. Father, glorify thy name. You know what? He came to glorify the name of the Father. You know, Jesus, even in this, he's such a great example to us. He's trying to get us to understand we're not living for ourselves. We're living for God. And Jesus came to show this. He said, I didn't come for me. I came to glorify the Father. Amen, Amen, somebody. Now, number four, Jesus came to bear witness of the truth. Now, that means to affirm with his own lips, to affirm and confirm the truth through his own testimony. John 18, 37 says, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. For this cause came I in, into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. 
Listen to that. Again, the Father had come with the truth and with the promises. It's a little bit different from the promises because it, this is all truth. He said, I came to be a witness of the truth of God. This is all. Is, hold on now. We're going to get to something now. Jesus spoke the truth, confirmed the truth that God had spoken. Number five, Jesus came to preach the truth. He not only came to speak the truth, he came to preach. Mark 1, 38 says, he said unto them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. He said, I came here to preach. He came to preach the gospel which he was. He came to preach that gospel. Number six, Jesus came to bring and render judgment between right and wrong, good and evil. You know what? Again, in this day and age, we don't want to see good and evil. We don't want to be told something's right or wrong. But here's what it says. He came to render judgment between right and wrong. John 9, 39 says, and Jesus said, For judgment I came unto, into this world that they which might, uh, they which see uh, not might see, and they, uh, that they which see might be made blind. He said, I came to make sure that people who thought they saw understood they were blind and people that don't see that they can see now. And what he's talking about, he's talking about see right and wrong. And you know what? A lot of our world is just blind to right and wrong. Right has become wrong and wrong has become right. It's just in a total chaos because this world is just permeated with this philosophy. There is no right or wrong. Number seven, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Boy, that's a, that's a big one. Jesus, Jesus, God Almighty in the flesh, he came to serve people. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to, men, to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus came to show us how to live. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Jesus has gone through anything that you face, he went through it. You know, so often we get so down and, and discouraged and look and say, why me? Why am I having to go? And I was listening this morning, a woman gave a testimony, and she was talking about going through World War II and going through the concentration camp. She said she got to the point of saying, uh, she, you know, she said, I was a Christian, but I began to wonder, is God real? And, and God, uh, surely you don't love me, and surely you, don't, you can't be real and care about me. She said, I got to that point, but listen to me. What we have to always focus on is he's gone through everything we've ever gone through everything we will go through he's already been through are y'all okay this morning Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost first Timothy 1 15 says this is the faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that, Je that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners he says of whom I am chief he said I know why Jesus came he came to save me just like he came to save everybody else in this world Number 10, Jesus came to give us an abundant life. Boy, isn't that good? He came to give us, John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill, to destroy. I am come that, thou, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You know, some people are just existing and others are living. That's right. and, and look, folks, we ought to be living. 
We ought to be living, living the abundant life. And that, that well, listen to me, that's not health and wealth. Everything's going to go good. That means that, that we see good in everything that goes. Okay, whatever happens in our life, bless God, God's still in control. He's going to take care of us. That doesn't mean he's going to stop it now for us. That doesn't mean he's going to make it all easy. That means somehow, some way, we're going to get through this. And that might mean we get through it by going to heaven. But we still got to believe him. Amen. I have to stop every once in a while because I just want y'all to smile somewhere along the way. I want y'all to understand. My wife knows this. And she, tells me, she says, Rob, sometimes you look so intense. I'm not being upset. I'm not being mean. I'm not being harsh. I love you. It's just this stuff's exciting to me. It's very important to me. Because when we see this is the reason Christ came, then these things become important reasons. If he came, left heaven... For this reason, these reasons must be important reasons. And they, look, if Christ did them, he's our example, they ought to be things that maybe we should think about trying to incorporate in our life. He came to seek and save that which is lost. Maybe we should. He came to give us an abundant life. Maybe we ought to have it. Now, here's one. Jesus did not come to bring peace into the world. Everybody talks about peace. Now, I, I tell everybody that talks about going to, you know, going to the mission field, going wherever, you know, God's calling me to do this or to do that, and say, hey, you know, I just, I just have a peace about this move. Let me, let me help you folks. I've never had a peace about any move. I've been scared to death about everything God's ever told me to do. You say, well, why do you do it then? Because he told me to. Because there's a compelling. God compels us. He doesn't come to give us a peace about it. Now, we have peace about our eternity, thereby being justified by faith. We have peace with God because I know where I'm going to go. Now, I, I, that's an absolute. Now, uh, my day by day, I'm not saying I, every moment of my life, I just live at peace. Amen? The truth is, l l listen to this. Jesus, uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 says, Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. You know what that means? Okay, let me just ask this and, and, and almost hesitate to see anybody's hands, but maybe somebody, if you don't mind, raise anybody you've ever come to Christ and when you did, some immediate family was not happy about it. Would you mind raising your hand? That brought, Christ brought a division. It didn't bring peace. It brought a division. So much that we have. Number 12, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Praise the Lord. Listen to this. 1 John 3, 8 says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Boy, wouldn't it be, isn't it going to be great when Jesus finally crushes his head? If you're saved, praise the Lord, and there's no more sin, there's no more uh, destruction, there's no more disease, there's no more uh, 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 this torment in this world, that's going to be something incredible. And he came to destroy. 
the sin of Satan. He that came to destroy Satan. Hebrews 2.14 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Now, all these, these 12 reasons, and I, I'm telling you, these are not all inclusive. If we had more time and probably studied through it more, you'll find some more. But all these are wonderful reasons why Jesus came to the earth. And the truth is, they ought to be things that help us and teach us because we ought to be living such a life. We shouldn't be building the kingdom of Satan by living in sin. We ought to be destroying the kingdom of Satan by turning from sin. Okay, they, we can make application about every one of these, but here's the real truth this morning, and it's and, and you know I knew our time being a little bit more limited, but but all these are wonderful reasons why Jesus came to earth. But listen to me, but there's one more, and, and all these that we just went through, these twelve that we just went through, they all hinge on this one. They all hinge on this one. You, you say, what does that mean? I'm just telling you that all these things would be good and they'd be wonderful, but they're not really that important to eternity. Listen to this now. Number 13, terrible number for it to be, but Jesus came to die to be buried and to rise again. Now listen to me. If we went through every one of these 12, again, I don't have time to go back through it, but I could, I could show you every one of these 12, they all hinge right here. It's all about this right here. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Listen, uh, we have to believe that this, this all hinges. All the others are a reason. Here is the reason that he came. Unless we see the cross overshadowing this cradle, we have lost the real meaning of Christ's birth. And unless you see the empty tomb, we have lost the real meaning of the cross. Love your enemies. How wonderful. What a wonderful life this would, would be if everyone loved their enemies. But where would we be when we took our last breath without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? And we go to the commands of Christ. If we love our enemies, man, we love every, We come and we gather together every Sunday and love, 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 love everybody. I love you, Colby. Not you. I love, no. <laughs> I love you. And listen, I am supposed to love you, and I do love you, but if that's all we're about, just love, 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 where am I when I die? And let me help you. This little life that we live is just a little bitty microscopic dot on eternity. You can, it's so, look, it's so small. These 70 years we might live on this earth, so small, you couldn't even see it as a dot. Because eternity just goes on and eternity goes on forever. That means this 70 years gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So we love everybody. And we die without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me help you. If you're here this morning and you have not sincerely come to the point where you trusted Christ and him alone 
to take you to heaven? If you're here this morning and you've come to, you, you've come and you said, you know, I, I, I'm going to church. And maybe it's Easter morning. You say, I'm going to go to church on Easter morning because, man, you know, I, I've, I've kind of been messing up and I've kind of, you know, strayed away. And I've kind of, I need to kind of, I need to make God happy today. Listen to me. That's not going to do you any good when you take your last breath. What you have to do is come to a point where you say, Jesus Christ, the sinless, perfect son of God, God incarnate, came to the this earth beat me on recognition shed his blood and died for me to wash away all my sins just like these girls just sang you see here's the problem so many of us honestly we tend to be just like that video we just watched here's peter that has walked with jesus for three years He's been with him and he's heard him over and over again even tell about the fact he's gonna die in three days, he's going to rise again. And so many times he told them that. So many times he, he referred to these things and he taught them. And he tried to help him. And he said even to Peter, who am I? And we come to church year after year after year. And we look and say, who is he? And we say, oh, he's Lord. But when it comes to really believing that he died for me, Wait a minute, wait a minute. He didn't just die. He arose. You say, well, other people arose. No, other people were risen. Other people, through the power of God, were risen from the grave. Jesus arose himself because he is God. And why would God come in the flesh of man and go through all of that if somehow coming to church we could just make it, somehow we could make this better? Well, we got to make it a better world. Listen to me, folks, I'm all for, let's, uh, you know, we go over there, we, I love to, to have wells and, and, and things for the for the. the good pure water and, and I love to have orphanages and I love to do all this listen we, we we've, we've raised money and sent medical supplies over there so they can try to help medically over in Africa and try to take care of some people I, we're for trying to help the physical needs of people but listen to me if you go over there and reach thousands upon thousands and millions with medical supplies but you never help them see that Jesus Christ died for them What good is it they live another year? That won't make, listen, this is going to sound terrible, that doesn't make eternity in hell any shorter. It's so vital that we understand. He came so many reasons to make our life better in this world and so that the gospel would be spread through this world, but it all hinges on the reason. See, what a wonderful life it would be if everybody loved their enemies, if everybody fulfilled all 12 of these reasons. But if you don't believe in the death, burial, resurrection, here's the real answer. You don't have to turn to it, but 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. And I'm going to just read you a passage. That this is the descriptive passage that tells us what it really means when we live a good life 
but don't believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. You say, but I do believe. No, I mean believe in the sense of re receiving it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Folks, listen, it's... It's absolutely everything hinges on this day. This day that we celebrate as a resurrection day is so vital that we realize he arose. He arose. But it's not just mentally believe it, but in our heart where we understand he arose. And that's the reason I could go to heaven when I bow my knee and trust him as my Savior and say, God, there's no hope in me. I'm surrendering. God, I give you. Lord, I give you my life, but that won't do it. I'll try to serve you, but that won't do it. I take it as a gift. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And when I trust Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm hopeless. I'm a sinner. All of my righteousness is in filthy rags. Oh, God, please save me and take me to heaven when I die. I trust Jesus. I believe he died for me. He shed his blood for me. He was buried. He, was, he rose from the grave for me. He's alive today and he ever liveth to make intercession for me. I believe that. I receive that as my Savior. Listen to me. When we receive Jesus, understand he's our only hope. Now we have a reason to live. He said, if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain and your faith is also in vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Now listen to this. If in this life only we have hope in Christ... We are, of all men, most miserable. You see what he's saying? We live this life and say, Christ gave me these commands. I need to love my enemies. I need to be good to people. I need to do this. I need to do that. Uh, uh, Christ came to seek and save that which is lost. Christ came to do all these things. And I say, as much as I can, I'm going to try to do all of those things. I'm going to obey him everywhere. And, that's, and watch this. I'm going to just tell you, in this world, if you obeyed every command of Christ, it would give you a better life in this world. But Paul says, if you did all of that, watch what he's saying. He said, of all men, we'd be the most miserable. If it was only about this life, when we take that final breath, we would be on our way screaming toward hell saying, why did I waste my time? Forgive me, why didn't I just party my way to here? 
If we keep every command of Christ and we follow in Christ's steps to fulfill the first 12 of these purposes, but we never recognize, believe, and accept that Jesus died and was buried and rose from the grave, we will be most miserable in eternity. He came above all else to die, that he would arise, that we might live. There's a Christian apologist who said this, quoted this way, he said, during the course of nearly 40 years, I've traveled to virtually every continent and seen or heard some of the most amazing testimonies of God's intervention in the most extreme circumstances. I've seen hardened criminals touched by the message of Jesus Christ and their hearts turned toward good in a way that no amount of re- or, or rehabilitation could have uh, accomplished. I've seen ardent followers of radical belief systems turn from being violent, brutal terrorists to becoming mild, tender-hearted followers of Jesus Christ. I've seen nations where the gospel gospel banned and silenced by governments has nevertheless conquered the ethos and mindset of an entire culture. You understand that when, when we really believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then all of a sudden something really changes. Just one more illustration uh, that I believe represents all of Christian history and every atheist and dictator that has has tried to destroy Christianity. This illustration, in the middle of the 20th century, after destroying all the Christian seminaries, libraries in the country, uh, Chairman Mao Mao, uh, declared that uh, Christianity had been permanently removed from China, never to make a return. On Easter Sunday in 2009, however, the leading English language newspaper in Hong Kong published a picture of Tiananmen Square on page one with Jesus replacing Chairman Mao's picture on the gigantic banner and the words, Christ is risen. You see, the video was probably more realistic than we might realize. I believe it. The reason is I looked at it, I pictured it, I thought tears came to my eyes when I first saw it. It did again this morning. They ran down my face because he is risen. But I looked at him and I thought, boy, that's us. We walk through this Christian life. We see what he has done. We come to church. This is the, 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 the South that we live in. Man, you grow up and everybody goes to church. Everybody's a member of church. We, I'm finding out down here everybody's a member of a half dozen churches. The, uh, uh, man, we go here, we go there, and we do this. and we and, and, and Folks, I'm for every good thing that we can do. Well, I'm for you know, having our food bank and, and offering food to folks that, that, that are in need. They always call me and say, what's the requirements to, to get some food from your food bank? And I say, a legitimate need. If you come with a legitimate need, we'll do the best we can. Now, you know, I believe in doing that. I believe in trying to help people. I believe in trying to run the buses and bring young people to the church that can't get here. I believe in trying to give them principles of life that will change their life and give them a better life. But listen, if, if, if we got churches all over this country that are right now, what they're doing is preaching a social gospel that says, let's do all these good things. Let's love each other. Let's be good to each other. But those are the reasons he came. They're, not, they're, they're, they're a reason reason he came they're not the reason the the reason is he came to die for us that he could be risen and show us he is true and holy God 
They saw the king in that video, and they believed they followed the king. They heard his parables. They heard his prediction of his death, but never grasped the reality that he came to die so that he could rise. This is a day that we celebrate that, that resurrection. That's why Wednesday night, I, I would love for everybody that could to come Wednesday night as, as, and we're, as the, the Williams family, as they've shown us and, and we've seen what they do. I want, them to, I want you to see how the Passover pictures, uh, that, that resurrection, that death of Jesus Christ and the, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and all that, that this is what this day is really about. It's really not about an Easter bunny. It's about the fact that Jesus arose from the grave. He's alive. Folks, he's alive. He really is alive. He changed my life. He's alive. You see, they just thought he was a king until they saw the empty tomb. And they saw the grave close. And they remembered. They finally remembered what he said. Will we live lives as though he's risen? And I beg you this morning, if you don't know that you're on your way to heaven... There's so much doubt and confusion in that day-to-day, let me be good enough. Folks, you can never be good enough, and that will torment you to the last breath you take. Because every day you fail again. And man, you can have a really great day, and then all of a sudden a thought, and all of a sudden an act, and you realize, ah, why do I even try to live this way? Listen. We don't live for God so that we can get to heaven. We live for God because he's given us heaven. He loved us so much. He said, I'll die for you. I'll be buried and rise from the grave. I'll do it for you. I'll give you eternal life. And watch this. He just looks at us and says, if you love me, will you live for me? And I think, well, if you died for me, I think maybe I can live for you. Would you serve him? If you're a Christian, you know you're on your way to heaven. It's time that we think about the fact that today, really dwell on the fact he arose. And he arose so that we could truly have a different life. Eternal life. He arose. If you never really called hold to the fact that what he did by dying, shedding his blood and dying and being buried and rising from the grave, that that paid for all of your sin, you can't pay for any of it. And I'm going to just tell you, you're still living in doubt. Regardless of what your words may say today, you're still living in doubt. That's why he says being justified by faith, faith in what he did, thereby we have peace with God. The only peace you'll know on this earth, really, true peace, is knowing 
that you trust in him and him alone. He's going to take you to heaven when you die. Let's all stand, heads bowed and eyes closed, and I appreciate your attention this morning. I beg you again to be here tonight, but we're going to take a few moments this morning. Are we really, as Christian people, even today on this Resurrection Sunday, are we focused on the reason he came? He came to die. He came to give us eternal life. He came to shed his blood, be buried, and arise from the grave. If you're not saved this morning, and I say that, I don't mean that harshly, but if you have any doubt in your heart at all about the fact of where you'll go when you die, and, and you've been in this torment of living, saying, God, I, I even came to church today hoping that maybe one day uh, if something happens to me, maybe it like happened to some of my friends or happened in family, I want to know that I'm on with heaven. So, God, I'm trying one more time to... to, to, to uh, earn your acceptance i want you to understand we can't do that and that's going to leave you in torment leave you in torment and misery you got to trust jesus and him alone accept him and his say his death burial resurrection to save our souls if this morning you say i know i'm saved I know I'm on my way to heaven. I'm trusting Christ as my Savior and Him alone to take me to heaven. I did that some time ago. And I know that I am, not because of my goodness, but because of His perfection and because of His salvation. If that's you and you know you're on your way to heaven, would you raise your hand for me and say, that's me. I've trusted Christ as my Savior and I know that I am. You can put your hands down. If you're here this morning, please, I'm if you couldn't raise your hand, that's honesty, and I, and I appreciate that. But you say this morning, if right now, if I were to die, I, I'm here at church because I want to know. I'm here at church because I desire it. But I, I just don't have that peace in my heart that I know that I'm on my way to heaven. If I could, I would like to. If that's you and you want me to pray for you, I, I beg you, do this right now. Don't hesitate. If you could not raise your hand a moment ago, you were struggling with that. Your mind, your heart said, I don't know. I really don't know. To raise my hand would be a lie. If that's you right now, would you raise your hand and say, pray for me. I don't know if I die to go to heaven. Raise your hand right now and say, please pray for me. I do not know for sure if I die to go to heaven. I have some doubt. Let me ask you this. This morning, do you believe Jesus arose from the grave? Would you raise your hand for me and say, I believe. I believe Jesus arose from the grave. I believe he's alive today. Then, listen, could we not commit our lives to him in a different way? Those 12 things, let's go back to those 12 things then. They would be wonderful purposes in our life too. It'd be wonderful if we gave our lives to seek and save that which is lost. But every step of the way, you know what's going to carry us? Knowing he arose. For if he arose, so will I. He arose from the grave, so will I. One day, this body won't be left in the grave. It'll rise. It'll rise. I'm not sure what God has spoken to your heart but about this morning, but we're going to